Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Passive Cashflow Podcast, where we discuss in-depth topics explaining how we help people passively invest in high-demand real estate and why real estate should be part of everyone's investment portfolio. Some episodes include interesting guests that span dozens of different types of industries. Other episodes offer analysis of popular topics that pertain to people seeking to learn how to build passive wealth in real estate. So listen in to enjoy our off-the-cuff podcast, not scripted and made to entertain, educate, and help you create passive wealth in real estate. To learn more, visit our website, peoplescapitalgroup.com. All right, today we have a very interesting guest, Richard Chin, who is an SEC attorney, an SEC specialist. He helps us uh, navigate the rules and laws of SEC filing when we create real estate funds and what we can and can't say to people, what we can and can't put on the internet. And also, uh, he helps other people understand and navigate those rules. And now the SEC could be a little dry, but we're going to make it exciting today. We're going to go over new rules in the space, uh, the Jobs Act, how it's easier than ever to raise capital but how to stay out of jail as well. And we're going to make SEC regulation fun today with Richard Chen. How are we doing today, Richard? Uh, absolutely great, Aaron. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us in the Passive Casuals podcast. Excellent, excellent stuff. So this is great. So uh, when uh, starting a real estate fund, let's get right into it here. Okay. So yeah. I I'm yeah. a real estate investor. I'm pooling together individuals that are interested in buying an apartment building with me. Uh, and you know, I didn't make any billboards or anything, but I'm making like YouTube ads and stuff. So what do I have to do to make sure, um, you know, first of all, I, uh, I'm filed with the S do I need to file with the SEC? You know, when am I crossing that line yeah. of, Hey, uh, friends and family, do you want to invest together in real estate to, uh, Hey, you know, I'm running a real estate fund. I need to file with the SEC. Um, yeah. and where is that line exactly? Yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. And just uh, and my my quick disclaimer is that uh, you know we're we're doing a summary of topics discussed here, and it's not legal advice. So definitely consult your attorney specific on your specific circumstances. But but uh, you know as a as a general rule, uh, you know one of the things that is important to consider is whether or not you are even subject to securities regulation, right? And this is a question I get asked frequently. If I'm working on a project and it's only a few people who are you know, working together, we're all actively involved. Do I have to do, a, you know, a, 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 am I involved in securities offering, right? Because most people form an LLC, right, to uh, invest in real estate and they pool assets together. If you're generally actively involved, all of you in the project, right, and there's no passive investors, generally you shouldn't have to worry about the securities laws, right? Um, uh, and uh, but but if you have passive investors who are seeking to profit from their passive investment in a venture that is operated by someone, right? Generally, then you are triggering the securities laws, and you'll need to follow formalities, including providing, you know, in addition to your LLC operating agreement that governs, you know, how the how the um, how the, uh, the, 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 the project will be developed, you need offering documents like a you know, private placement memorandum, which describes what the project is, some of the risks and conflicts, and you know, how, uh, how the, uh, the project developer uh, or your sponsor gets paid, right? So, and by and large, there are also certain conditions that you 
uh, will want to satisfy in order to make sure that you can offer these securities on a private placement basis, which is most what most uh, you know real estate um, project sponsors do because they don't want to have to register the securities with the SEC. So some of the conditions are, you know, the investors have to be accredited, right? Meaning that they are uh, they have a certain income. Uh, uh, level or a net worth level uh, that's, you know, that's there in certain circumstances that may be higher depending on sort of, you know, whether you take a performance uh, carry uh, in the project, right? Mm -hmm. So um, another condition is, uh, is that uh, depending on the private placement exemption you relied on, you may not be able to publicly uh, advertise, right, the offering. And you may have to make sure that it's, um, you have a relationship with the folks uh, before you actually uh, can offer them the securities, right? So that's something to think about. And then as Aaron referenced, if you rely on Regulation D, you'll need to make certain filings with the SEC, including Form D, which notifies them that, there's a, that there is a new uh, offering out there, as well as to do similar filings with the states, which we call blue sky filings. So, and those are public filings um, that are out there. Right, right. Okay, so that's a public filing with the SEC. There are, uh, well, now I, I noticed when I've been filing with the SEC, um, what confuses me the most isn't so much the federal filing and the uh, the CKK number you get there and everything. Um, that That's pretty straightforward. It's also free. I like when mm -hmm. I do things with the government that's free because the amount of tax and property tax I pay, oh, <laughs> I'm always yes. saying, where's that all go? Why am I now paying $5 to get something to the DMV or whatever it is? So, <laughs> um, so I love how you, a federal filing with SEC is free. Uh, it is. <laughs> I'm it a, is. such a cheapskate. And uh, <laughs> but then you go to the blue sky laws and yeah. you break out your checkbook uh there yeah. a lot of times and it's very confusing you know um which states need to file uh if your investor is sophisticated or accredited uh plays a role um you know your relationship with the investor could play a role and every state is different it's not always clear uh new york's kind of confusing california's kind of confusing yeah. uh the bigger the state the more blue it is the more confusing it seems to be and uh mm -hmm. so i don't know it's just um, you know, the blue sky it, laws, can you break into that a little bit? What yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the, so securities offerings are regulated, not only at the SEC level, but also at the state level. And so you have to rely on an exemption, you know, typically it's easier at the SEC level. Like we talked about, most folks rely on regulation D, but each state has its own offering exemptions. And unfortunately, when you uh, have uh, investors in those states, you need to make sure that you can have an exemption in those states, which typically requires filing a blue sky filing through uh, a filing, you know, uh, depository. Fortunately, in most cases, they just ask you to upload the form D, right? But the catches, they typically also require you to pay a fee because that's how they get money. Um, and, but, but the hard part is trying to figure out, um, whether or not you know you actually have to make those blue sky filings because in certain circumstances you may not have to depending on the state's laws but unfortunately 50 states 50 sets of laws and so that's what makes it really challenging from the blue sky perspective uh, mm -hmm. in terms of trying to figure it out so you have to figure out where all your investors are and do an analysis on each state which is you know burdensome sure
Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's where your skills have really come in to help us out and your knowledge uh, of filing with the SEC and the, and the specific mm-hmm. blue sky laws. And the, they're always changing too. Right. So we're always like yes. looking them up and you're like, well, let me make sure that one didn't change, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> that's fun. Um, yeah. So that's been great. Now, when would one need to uh, hire an SEC attorney? Uh, because with your breadth of knowledge and experience, it's not the most affordable thing in the world. So yeah. when, when do you suggest someone hires an SEC attorney for your advice? Well, so specifically on the security, I mean, I think what, whatever project, if you have an LLC project, you should always hire an attorney because, you know, even if it's not involving security, it's just, you know, two people working together on a project, make sure the operating agreement lays out clearly what the agreement is by, between the parties, right? But it's specifically when you're talking about offering to passive investors, right, through a, a, and that you're involving in offering securities, definitely involve an SEC attorney because preparation of the disclosure documents, you know, and most notably the, the private placement memorandum is very important because you have to lay out the risks and conflicts of interest. Otherwise mm-hmm. the SEC, uh, you know, or any other sort of state securities regulator could come after you uh, uh, for, for violation of um, what's uh, at least at the SEC level, the anti-fraud provisions under the securities laws, right? Basically, if you don't provide uh, a, um, all the material information necessary for an investor to make a determination whether to invest in the project, right, in the LLC, the SEC can come after you for violation of those anti-fraud principles. And typically that happens, you know, there are lots and lots of offerings, but typically that happens when an investor gets upset and, you know, they decide that they go to the regulators because they're not happy with what happened. So uh, mm-hmm. securities laws absolutely should be regarded with, you um, with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, important, you know, uh, significant focus because they do have significant ramifications for the project sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, it's very interesting. And uh, so I, I found that the space is, uh, is kind of always developing as well. I know the Jobs mm-hmm. Act has allowed the uh, 50C uh, Reg D to yes. really play a nice role in allowing individuals like me to pool capital a little bit easier and have less yes. regulation. And that was yeah. what, 20, uh, 13, I 13. think. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. So and the, and, then, and with that, you know, unlike in the past, you can now offer, uh, you know, to, to publicly, you know, sort of um, advertise your offering provided that you have a reasonable basis for uh, verifying the accredited investor s- status of your people, but it makes it much easier to publicize your offering now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the that's the C, right? Five, and that's, that's uh, right. for accredited investors. 506C, yep. Reg D 506C, and that allows you to essentially advertise publicly, but you can only accept accredited investors uh, for that investment. And, and, and you have six. to verify that they're accredited by looking at, uh, you know, bank statements and whatnot. With 506B, which where you're not allowed to generally uh, solicit or advertise, you don't have to do as much verification on that piece. Although by, you know, practically, you know, most people do uh, still, you know, verify through subscription agreements and things. So, Sure, sure, of course. Yeah. Now, and that always confused me, the the difference, like advertising or not, right? So if I'm, you know, uh, it's always confusing because you can't, you're not really supposed to say um, specific opportunities, you know, but at mm-hmm. the same time saying, hey, we help people invest in real estate, uh, yeah. go to our website to learn more. It isn't essentially advertising a specific property, but if they go there and they click around, they find more about us and, 
you know, so it's it's kind of um a great zone. Adver- yeah, if you're advertising the firm, that's not considered to be advertising specific security, right? Because remember, when we're talking about specific securities, we're generally talking about specific projects or specific funds, right? So when you talk about the firm and its strategies and things like that, that's generally okay. But when you start talking about specific funds, uh, specific projects, specific terms of investing in those projects, that's mm-hmm. where you run into issues as to whether you can do that. And you have to be sure that you're relying on, you know, depending on whether we rely on 506B or 506C, you know, how much you can put out there. Mm-hmm. Of course, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting space. You know, I love how it's been uh, changing so that investors such as myself have more options uh, to work yeah. with sophisticated investors and accredited investors and 506Bs and Cs. Uh, so <laughs> all, interesting to me, probably a little dry to perhaps to the average uh, listener. But, you know, uh, Rich, I'd like to break into a different topic here. Uh, as a successful businessman yourself, as a successful SEC attorney, and I've always been amazed uh, you're visually impaired, uh, but still you get up and you crush it every day. Uh, tell us a little bit about your personal story. Have, have yeah. you uh, with this handicap? For, for, for sure, for sure. So I, I, I have... Um... I have no sight now. Uh, I lost the rest of my sight about three years ago. I was born uh, significantly visually impaired. So I've always had a significant visual impairment. And, you know, I think I always try to, uh, to encourage people uh, that, you know, you, you, can, you can prosper in, 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 in and, you know, we all face challenges. Mine happens to be a physical one. I, you know, even with doubters, I, you know, went through uh, high school, went to Harvard College, Harvard Law School. I worked at a number of preeminent law firms in New York before starting my own practice. You know, and I think that it's, 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 uh, it, 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 we all have a great purpose. And I just think, um, uh, you know, th- there are a number of challenges that uh, I face that, you know, I feel like, you know, God's really blessed me with, you know, so much, even with those challenges to think about, you know, how to solve problems. And effectively, uh, you know, it's a matter of just trying to solve problems. And that's what we do every day as business owners, as real estate project sponsors, we're we're problem solvers. And I try to bring that to my, to my practice. Uh, You know, I use a lot of technology to try to, you know, help solve a lot of the issues that I face. Um, And thank God that technology has gotten a lot better. Um, but, you know, it, it's a matter of um, not thinking, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, negatively and not looking back, but just really thinking, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and just having a, a mindset of, of problem solving and, and, and also just, uh, you know, breaking things down and, and realizing that, you know, uh, there are a lot of big goals, but a lot of things that sort of come along with that. Uh, and uh, I just want to encourage people. You know, uh, you know, even with outside, I've, I've developed this law firm practice, you know, my, my by and large, we serve uh, financial uh, institutions, investment advisors and re- real estate sponsors, um, you know, providing legal and compliance support. And it's, it's been a blessing. The practice has been around for about three years now uh, and, and, it's, and it's thriving. So just wanted to be encouragement to all of you that are thinking of launching your own venture, whatever that might be, don't let the doubters hold you back right because you mm-hmm. you have a good purpose i believe that i believe that we all have a good purpose right um and yeah, that um that we can all move forward yeah no i agree i agree that that's very inspirational i, I love it and uh yeah and uh my i have a close connection with god as well i think that's important you know and yeah. um it's really helped me uh, drive through life in the right 
way and make the right decisions as well and uh just help out in all aspects of life and, for yeah, sure absolutely it's nice for to have sure. a higher power but yeah definitely but thank you so much richard for coming on so for our listeners how can they connect with you and uh i mean you're a wealth of knowledge so i really suggest our listeners connect with richard he's been very helpful to us he's not one of those attorney who's like completely uh shut off and won't answer you if you have a <laughs> little question he'll help you out and then uh but he's definitely worth it worth the money worth every dollar for sure so great Thank great you. experience working with you how can our, our listeners get in touch yeah with you? i i echo what aaron said like i said you know i god's blessed me so much that i feel and i feel passionate about helping others you know particularly entrepreneurs mm-hmm. so i'm 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 happy to be a sounding board a resource for people in need you can find me through uh, uh you can either contact me by email my email is rich at richardlchen.com i'm sure i'll get it to aaron he can drop it in the notes if you need and then you can also find me on LinkedIn. So I have my own law firm practice. It's called Richard L. Chen, PLLC. But if anyone has any questions, always happy to, 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 to be helpful. I, I'm a real estate investor myself, uh, you know, invested in various projects. I also invest in other businesses. So, you know, I always, I'm passionate about helping entrepreneurs. And I, I always feel like, um, you know, legal should be a a, a, a resource, right? A benefit in terms of not just telling you what you can't do, which there are certain things, but also helping you, like I said, to try to find solutions to problems that we're all facing as entrepreneurs. So, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll put those uh, con- that contact information and your uh, website there in the thank show you. notes so they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. And thank you so much to our listeners for joining us on another episode of the Passive Cashflow Podcast, where we help people invest in real estate and learn more about how people can get passively invested. Today, we, we talked about the SEC and filing with the SEC the right way, the wrong way, uh, some of the 30,000 foot view of it. And hopefully we gave our listeners a little guidance on how to navigate that space, but I'm sure you'll still need a little bit more guidance if you're actually doing it. So I definitely suggest you get in touch with Richard, but if you're going to allow yourself to passively invest and not have to deal with all the shenanigans, of the SEC and let people's capital group deal with those headaches, <laughs> then go to peoplescapitalgroup.com and uh, learn more about us there and perhaps fill out a form to get qualified as a passive investor. And then you'll just get learn about this stuff as we complete it for the LLC buying the property. And that's how passive investing in real estate works. With Richard does a little bit of himself as well, which is always smart to keep your money working for you. That's a good mindset you have, Richard. I like that. Absolutely. Love, love real estate. Uh, can't say enough about People's Capital Group. I mean, it's, uh, you know, quality folks. So, I mean, I think it's a it's a great asset class, right? Particularly these days with inflation and everything ticking up. So mm-hmm. it's uh, something uh, definitely uh, great to have. Great, great. Thank you, Richard. Absolutely. Enjoy your day and thank you to our listeners. 